it's been a while, but me and Lewis are back. And this time we've got two special guests joining us this month. Are the manager, Danny Scopes. You right, Dan? Yep, you right, Chris. You good? You right, yeah, Chris? Yep, and as well as Dan, we've got um, his right-hand man, or his Baldrick, uh, Adam Drew. You right, Adam? Hi, Chris. How are you? Yeah, good, Hello. Man. Yeah, good. Hi, yeah. Drew. All you good, mate. Well, bored. <laughs> you not watching the German football then? No, hate it. Boring. Not the best standard of football, is it? Let's be honest. And no crowd. It's just, it's not the same, mate. So I'm spending a lot of my time watching sports documentaries at the minute because there's so many of them available. You got any uh, recommendations? Oh, there's a few, isn't there? There's a few on the um. If you, if you like cricket, and I know Scopes, his favourite subject is cricket. <laughs> the, the Test on Amazon Prime is uh, is a good watch. Yeah, I agree with that one. Very Anyone seen that? That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then all the football ones on the Amazon Prime, all is it all or nothing, I think. So I've watched one on American football, which was really good, and obviously the football ones are good. All Blacks. Yeah, learned quite a lot actually. It's been, it's been really enjoyable. I've, I've quite enjoyed those programs. And then I'm watching the um, the Last Dance on Netflix at the minute with the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, that's that's really good, isn't it? That is really really good. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I mean, I, obviously that that was sort of my era really when the Bulls were just starting to come good, and I still only remember three players, <laughs> which is terrible, isn't it? Really, considering. Man. Yeah. The, the team ethic, but literally, I only remember Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and Dennis Rodman, and that is it. Dan, have you been watching any documentaries, or are you still are you going through all the last season's games? Yeah, I've, I've watched every one of last season's games now, so that's uh, that was good. That got me through the first few weeks. Obviously, been quite busy at work in the industry I'm in, so that's sort of taken my mind off it, luckily, and uh, the loss of football in my life, which is quite massive and especially with Conkle first team and the kids and coaching every night, obviously taking that away, uh, work's been over. Yeah, I've been, same as Adam, watching some documentaries. I've been watching the uh, New Zealand one, Legends, uh, the All Blacks. Oh, that, that's been really good. Um, I watched the Michael Jordan. I actually met Michael Jordan once, claim to fame, when I was in, uh, I was in uh, Orlando, Florida, and the uh, Chicago Bulls were playing a pre-season game, I think. Phoenix Suns they were playing in Orlando for some reason and uh, I got tickets to go and watch the game it was about 10 yards away from Michael Jordan uh, a few years oh, back when I was 16 obviously being a you hero at that time you didn't really meet him then no, well, yeah <laughs> well, he said he said hello Scopes here and I just <laughs> pied, pied, he wasn't he wasn't super famous then so I pied him off and yeah, no, but I was close to him and uh, yeah so he uh, claimed to play but that's it Excellent documentary, and uh, I think all these uh, all these documentaries are really good to watch, aren't they? And I think this time's been really good to do some do some sort of self learning, uh, look at what other people do. You don't get time when you're in the sort of helter skelter of a season and work and everything going on. So I think, I think using that time wisely, I think every football coach and every football manager and football person has probably been doing a bit of that. So no different, but you know it's quite a good time for self reflection and to. Uh, work out some new ideas and get some plans. I, I think we're at that stage now, though, where the, the head's full up of all these ideas and all these bits you want to do and all this new knowledge. And you, you're now desperate to get out there and put it into action and put it into place. So I think we're probably all at that stage now where we're, we've, we've done all our learning, done all our research, our reviewing, 
self-reflection and we're ready to sort of crack on with it. But so, uh, hopefully we're moving in the right direction and that won't be too soon. Yeah, you talk about that. And obviously, obviously the Premier League's coming back. We talked about German football just now. So obviously you'd think, well, that would then move down the pyramid that our level will start. Maybe, well, it's hard to put a date. But how can you plan for that when you don't know for definite when's, when's it going to start? So how do you, like, because the players are now, I assume, out of contract now or...? Yeah, they're finished yeah. now, aren't they? They, they finished, so, was it the end of May they finished? I think they second, finished the second of May. May. They ended second of May. So, so. yeah, it's, it's been a strange situation because normally this is the situation that sort of I love doing. And although obviously we, we spoke to the current boys and we've spoken to new targets and stuff, obviously you, you can't promise anything. So it, it's been a real strange scenario, really. I mean, we met, we met a boy like this week, didn't we? And... Um, but it's hard to sort of give them firm offers, really, because no one knows when it's likely to start. But I think, like you said, things are happening now. So you'd like to think that we're probably not far away, maybe, hopefully. I mean, that's what Scopes and I's outlook is now. We're going to start meeting the boys next week. Yeah. I think we've got a few meetings set up. So maybe I think, fingers crossed, We, I don't know, I'm, I'm hoping it might be August, September, maybe. Yeah, because... Normally you get a window, don't you? You get a there's a kind of close season window where you're kind of trying to sign players or with no negotiate players. But that window is obviously a lot longer now, isn't it? So, well, you don't know how long that that. Gets. Well, I, I was thinking this last night. Could you imagine if we'd have had the the, the players leave like we did last season? Now, <laughs> and we had to recruit sixteen. I mean, that would be really tough. Yeah, that would have been. Obviously, we were we were fortunate last year because we knew someone wasn't going to eat a bat and we were going to have this virus. So it was quite nice last year. This <laughs> last year that we could finish the season and we could almost start planning immediately because we knew exactly when it was going to start. Obviously, our our aim and our goal would be to keep the majority of the squad and keep as like as, as many as we possibly can. So hopefully, it won't be so bad because we're only probably looking at three or four rather than sixteen. Yes. Yeah. It must. It must. It must that helps the planning, doesn't it? Like I say, you're talking about not sure when. It's all hinged on the EFL. With they make their decision on the eighth of June. I think that's when you say like it might start filtering down. I think once the EFL decide what they're doing, I think you'll be able to put more dates on players, and you can actually start to you know get things going, can't you? And oh, I've got a lot of targets, but getting them targets in and get the boys settled back and and get going, just just to see start planning, didn't you? Then get it through. Yeah. I think that's the key. I think you just said the word planning. I think that's the key. And I think you've got to try and plan to be as normal uh, as possible if you can and work to the, the normal rules that you would do. And I think fortunate position, everyone's everyone's in the same position, aren't they? I think everyone's in, no one's going to get a head start on you or no one's going to be starting earlier than you. So I think everybody, I think if you can plan, but you just leave it a little bit open that you can adjust and be a bit flexible with it. I think that's probably the, all you can possibly do. And you just have to almost roll with the punches as it develops and as it gets better. And um, the, the issue is, isn't it, that we don't know a start date and uh, a lot of football planning, you don't, you can't just train and train and train and hope that you start at some point. You can't train for a couple of weeks and then start within a couple of weeks. You need to need to have a date because it's all done properly. And even, even at the level we're at, it's all planned. And, you know, we try and get seven weeks in pre-season, we try and get so many sessions, so many games, 
to try and be ready for that start of the season. So it is difficult not having a start date. Um, but I think if we plan as best we possibly can, and I think Adam said that the key this year is we want a bit of continuity and we're going to try and show a little bit of loyalty to the to, to boys that we took on last year and give the opportunity to. We felt they were good for us um, across the course of the season. And I only think they get better as well um, and, and be better players at that or, or move on and progress. Uh, with us at Concord Rangers, and I think if they all individually improve, that's going to make us better as a side. So I think a bit of continuity with the players, and hopefully, you know, they can show a bit of loyalty, trust, and the trust in what we did. And I think a good stat with it is that we played, uh, we signed probably 16, 17 players at the start of the season. We probably finished with 13 of them boys um, over the course of the season. So I think that shows what what we're about, me and Adam and, and the management team, with a bit of loyalty and giving these boys a bit of trust. And hopefully over the, the summer, you know, we've had good conversations with the majority of the squad. Uh, and, that, that, you know, they're all really keen to come back and have another go and try and improve as an individual and as, as a club. So uh, that's been good for us. And as Adam said, if we can add two, three to that um, with experience and the right attitude and the right type of boys, then uh, it bodes well for another another season where we can progress and kick on and, I think the club needs a bit of continuity, doesn't it? I think over the after the last couple of seasons, obviously it's been a, a little bit. Yeah, since you got to look at it. Obviously, you've seen it from both sides of it. You know, you've got to go back at least four seasons to, since we've had any continuity. And you could even be a bit critical and say it's, it was probably Dan Cowley's last season, the last time we had any continuity, really, wasn't it? Because even through Flam, we kept every year we'd only keep three or four. So, you know, it's hard for hard as a club to build anything if every season you're going for a big turnover of players. Um, for obviously fans knowing players and obviously for your for management planning, you know, if you're having to put together 16 new players every season, then it's going to take time to get going, especially help us get out of August in the normal situation, you play eight or nine games, don't you? So it's probably going to be quite nice for you if you can keep continuity and obviously nice for the fans that they'll, re- they'll remember the players from previous season as well, which as a club brings it all together, doesn't it, as well? I think yeah, that's said it earlier, he said about planning and stuff, but we, we haven't really done anything different this season. And like, we're still talking to players, we still talk to each other, I don't know, three, four, five times a day, don't we? So, yeah. so we're trying to carry on as normal as possible, whether that starts in August or December, we're still going to do as much hard work as we can now, so we're, we're set and ready. Or, okay, we can't maybe offer them solid financial bills, but we've certainly got lots of you know, players lined up that we've spoken to already and, and obviously we've already spoke to the current boys, so we're just carrying on as normal really, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like last last summer we kind of you went for the approach of getting boys in from levels down and ninety nine percent of them come off. Is that still gonna be the approach for this summer or are you gonna look at Maybe some players who've been playing at conference level. Um, I, I think it's about getting a mix right. Um, you know, I think, like I said, it's kind of, you know, we want to show some loyalty to the boys that stepped up with us last year. We give them their opportunities and we want them to stay. Uh, hopefully they show some loyalty to us and, and come back. And, you know, the feedback we get, they've really enjoyed the season. And some have said it's been the best season they've had. And that's their, their opinion, not ours. Uh, so to try and keep them, obviously, for the fans and for us, continuity in the group is important. I think we'd always, we always have to realise what we're about as Concord Rangers. And I, and I think bringing, looking at young, hungry players and 
where other teams maybe in this division wouldn't give them an opportunity in the uh, in the national south. We have to do that, I think, and I think that's uh, that's part of the challenge. I think that's part of the enjoyment for me and Adam as well uh, to get. You know, we had uh, obviously Temi come in later from a couple of divisions below, and some of the boys at the start. And I think that's part of what Concord's about, and I think that's giving them boys the opportunity. And I think that's what makes us a bit unique. And I think some clubs might try and copy that and and follow our model a little bit, but. You know, that's what we're about. We want to do that. We want to give these boys a chance, let them come and play at this level, let them play with no pressure, give them an environment where they can kick on and, and push them forward. And I think we proved it last year. I think every one of the boys that we took from the lower level proved that they could play play the level, you know, or at least 90% of them. And I think I think we'd be silly to move away from that. Uh, we're obviously ambitious and we want to do well. We want to try and push up the league table and have a, have good cut runs and that. So you have to sign the best players that are available for you and, and within the budget that you've got. So we have to be smart with it and won't just be about taking young and hungry. It, it'll be taken about maybe some still young but hungry that have played played the level. And we're talking to a couple at the moment. Uh, got to be right for us. Got to be right for Concord Rangers, first of all. Uh, with the with the budget that we have and, and the squad that we've got and trying to trying to get the right balance right and then we've got our boys that want to come and play for the football club and realise what we're about as a football club I think that's important um, and that's what we're sort of looking for and um, we're take we'll probably take anybody if they want to come and play for the football club and they've got good attitudes and they're good characters and and we feel they would give us um, some game they would make us better so we've just got to try and balance it out and see what's available. And I think it's going to be a manager's recruitment market, if I'm honest, because I think as of next week, there's going to be, you know, nine or a thousand players maybe out of football, out of contract within the football league pyramid that are obviously going to filter down and be playing within the, uh, looking for clubs and looking for deals. So it may be a little bit of patience and, and, and see what happens and might be able to get some bargains. Uh, and some young boys that maybe have fallen out their way again, and, and we can pick them up and give them that opportunity at Concord Rangers to try and find their feet again. So, Adam, how does this? So, how does this? Do you say to Scope C, oh, I found someone, kind of? Because I watched the Damned United the other day, and there's combat. It was the working between uh, Brian Clough and Peter Taylor, and Peter Taylor would say, I found this player, Cluffy, playing for such and such. He's going to be perfect for us. <laughs> is, is that how it works? With you, or is there more? Yeah, uh, I, I am incredibly lucky in my role. Like Scopes, he's obviously incredibly trusted, um, and obviously I think that has helped from, say, last season when when we did recruit from the lower levels. Obviously, Scopes had seen them boys anyway. I, I'm a I'm a little bit biased, but we'll just name one name. Obviously, we took Hagee, didn't we? From from Haybridge, two levels down, and I, and I'll be honest, was there many better than him in the league? I'm, I'm yeah, very. Yeah. He was up there, one of the best keepers in the league for me. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I think, obviously, <laughs> I think after the Bowers game, we were probably uh, <laughs> we were we let's were not, let's thinking not the Bowers game. I, well, I, I think Scopesy was looking for a new head of recruitment after that game. <laughs> um, but no, he, I mean, yeah. That is probably how it does work. I mean, I'm, I look at players all the time. I, I, I want to learn all the time. I, I'm always learning. I'm always looking. You know, after the Saturday games, I'm looking for every team sheet who's played. Not normally at our level, though, but obviously levels below because I, I know that that model's worked. And 
you know, you've only got to look at Chelmsford now. I think they're going to go the same route. Um, but yeah, Scopes is very trusted. Um, you know, sometimes he says no, which, which is which he should. But majority of the time, yeah, he, you know, someone like Temi. Um, I'd seen a couple of years ago, Temi. Obviously, you know, you've got to remember he's only 18, Temi. So, so I'd watched him for 17, and I, and then this year we were looking for another forward and trying to strengthen the squad. And I spoke to uh, Adam Bailey Dennis, who'd played against him for Sudbury and stuff. And and I went to Scopes and I said, look, I've got this lad. We do our due diligence on all these boys, and he's and literally he said, yeah, let's get him in. And again, I think he's done really well in the in the three or four games he he played. At, um, yeah. I, th- I thought he, d- he did really well. So, yeah, no, it, it, it's good. And, and we've got such a good trust going on. And I, I speak to him more than I do my own family. So, it's a good job I like him, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll back Adam up on that. I think we've been we've been good together from, from the start. Um, off the start of when, when Sammy's season, we both come in. We both probably identified things that went on at, during that season that we both sort of didn't agree with and um, didn't feel was the right way to do certain stuff just, just across football bits and everyone's different which is fine and I think we both sort of agreed so when it when it comes to the end of the season and I took the hot seat it was a it was a no-brainer that we'd probably try and work together because we felt we'd had that relationship already sort of started and we were on the same wavelength and for me for me it's quite simple and I, I I'd try, always try and sign characters over players and Adam knows a good player he's got a good eye for a player and the first question I'd probably ask him when Tom comes in is what type of character is he? And I'd try and do my research on what he's like, what he's going to be like around the dressing room, what his ambitions are, what type of person he is, and try and look into that because I always want to work with good people and I want good dressing rooms with good people. And I feel I'm a loyal and uh, trusting person and you get people in with the same sort of mindset. I think it's a recipe for working. And I think someone said it the other day, I heard him say, like, Adam, you get them on the bus and I'll find them a seat, so to speak. And I trust his judgment to get them in there. And I'm confident in my own ability. When he gets me a good player, I can improve him and I can try and help him. And the main thing, give him the environment to, to improve. And well, these boys are hungry and they're really, really driven to sort of kick on and all got these big dreams. But it's about trying to control them dreams and trying to give them the environment and give them the right support. And, and I think you'll get the benefit out of that. And, and that's what we looked to do last year. Adam got me lots of hungry, you know, young players with real, real good desire, but also some real, real good people. You know, some that, you know, they hopefully be with us next year and be friends and football friends forever. So I'm really pleased with the group that we got together last year. Um, and, you know, I said to Adam the other day, we went for a whole season without, you know, we had moments, you know, passion, emotions, and course, and, you know, arguments and stuff like that. But, I don't think I had whole season anything that really, really had to, I had to deal with as a manager, which you know you have to deal with that caused us any problems. And you know they were, you know we worked so well together as as a management team and as a group of players. It was a like an absolute pleasure. I think right from day one, you know even in the bad times, you know in the periods where we didn't quite get results, even with the good times, you know where we went lots of games and the cup runs, you know the group stayed humble. Uh, everyone just worked hard and I think that was down to the recruitment at the start and obviously that having that relationship with me and Adam that we know what we want and we know what Adam's got to know I know Conkle quite well and have done for a good few years so I know what they're about but Adam's learnt that and I think he understands what Conkle's about as well I think that's important when we're recruiting players that we, we keep that in the back of our mind 
uh, and it's important that you know we want to give the fans uh, that come watch us some good characters and good people that they know are going to work work really hard and might not always be national south players when we sign them but we hope with a bit of work and a bit of effort they become consistent national south players and that's our aim obviously to you know take some that maybe aren't quite national south and, and push them forward and, and make them available and good players at that level I know you mentioned good people and Lewis I don't know what you think about this but the kind of characters brought into the the team now that kind of spills out from the dressing room out into the fan engagement doesn't it so yeah that was, I literally just, just sort of got on to the point I was going to make, Chris, really, that, you know, you are making a big scope, you're making a really big point about character. And I, fe- I felt like last season, it was the first time for quite a long while that you felt like the players cared about the club first. Um, obviously, we've used before, when you first go to with Cowley and when you stepped, stepped away and Cowley, you always felt the players, it was a club first, you know, and that's how it feels this season. You just look at, the passion on their faces when they've won a gut, when we beat Leamington on Leamington or Royston or one, you know, the passion, everyone just, the players, the characters you've got, it just felt like the club was, it was the club first, the club benefit was first, and they would reap the benefit from it, and they wanted to make us happy. And the involvement between the fans, the youth, and the players is the best it's been for a long time. Like you say, it's down to you, you judging their character and fitting into the Concord way, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, very much so. And it's funny you should say about the passion and stuff. And after those games, I always remember seeing the photos of like Jack Corley and uh, the passion on his face and stuff. It was, uh, yeah, good good moments, weren't they? Good, good time. Yeah. I think one of the other pleasing things I think this year is all of the lone boys that we brought in also fitted in brilliantly. That's, we were really, really... I know actually we, I don't think we are lucky because we do a lot of homework on our loan players but you know like your Nathan Carlisle's and your Wellesley when they when they came in and you know they loved it you know they, they and Henry Woods at Jules you know although he got called back to their first team squad he, did, he didn't want to go back he wanted to stay and no. Clifford, Clifford coming in and you know Tom like Tom came to watch Eric Exelia well, he came to watch a cup game didn't he um, he came to the um, Royston game he Royston, Royston yeah but he yeah. you know it, coming back to South End and playing in League One, you'd, you'd think he'd almost forget about Concord Rangers, but he, he came to watch the Cup game, and I, I think that says a lot about yeah, yeah. the group and the lone boys that we got. That you know, that their passion was it, yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was. It was. Um, I'm not quite sure how to say it really because it was like I'm still so proud of what we did this year. I know. I know the league table looks like we were we were poor, but we did concentrate on that trophy in the end. There's no. There's no hiding that. So, yeah, I, I was so proud of last year, really. Well, you think how, many, how many people would could recruit 16 young lads from the from the lower levels and put them together like Scopes did with the other boys and the coaches? It was, I thought it was a monumental effort, to be honest. What about the two boys from Huddersfield, Kit and Scott? How did they fit into the, the unit and the team? Because they're obviously coming from quite a higher level of, I don't know, facilities for a start and stuff like that. How did they... Melding with the team. Yeah, yeah. Both um, both different characters then too. Real real different characters, different different ends of the scale, but both both fitted in really well and you could see in their performances and um I think I can honestly say I think Kit's performances were at the very start. I think the problem we had with Kit was probably the travelling backwards and forwards, being a being a London boy, which you think would work in our advantage, but 
obviously Huddersfield wanted, want him at the club and want him to do his, his work there and he needed to do that. And probably the longer the loan went on with that one, if we're honest, it probably didn't quite work out as well. But he still put in some real good performances, but probably didn't help Kit. Unfair to him, not his performances, but the way he was going backwards and forwards and not probably getting enough work in. Uh, with Huddersfield and us obviously being part-time when he was us. So but I think his early performances was when he came in were excellent as a young 18-year-old. He really gave us a platform to play off the, up front. Uh, and I think, you know, he, the fans were really pleased with him. Um, Scotty as a lad, you know, he's he's got everything, that boy, as, as, as a lad. I think you can see how highly Huddersfield rate him. I think he'll go on to play for Huddersfield and future possible captain maybe of Huddersfield being a local lad and being there from, from the very start, eight years old. And what a good character. And I, as Adam rightly said, um, Scotty High, Tom Clifford, Hen- uh, Henry Woods, Wellesley, Carlisle, um, Taylor Malone at the end, just real humble, good professional players. You know, no no egos in there, no real, oh, look at me, I'm a professional footballer. They just come and bought into the dressing room. And you could see where they've been playing sort of under-23 football that come and play for points, three-point football, as they call it. Uh, you could see the hunger, the, the excitement they got out of that. And, you know, thanks to Danny Cowley, obviously, for giving us Scott and, and Kit. And I believe that their time with us was vital to them as well uh, and obviously very important to us. And they've all contributed. And uh, as I said, I've put all the lone boys in the same bracket. And I, I think the point you could make and the biggest compliment I could play them, they... They work like loan boys. Once they come in, we've all had loans where they've come in and maybe not quite gelled and not really trained with us, but they come in and it, it just felt like they'd been there forever. It felt like they were going to be there forever and they were part of the squad and they were at training and a part of the group. And I think we're, we're quite a young group. They blended in quite well, a lot in common. And it was just, it just sometimes you can get loans in and they don't quite work. But as, as Adam said as well, I think they just, they just, was part of the furniture, weren't they, for the minute they got there. And you could see that. And obviously winning and doing well in the Cup helped breed that. But they were a pleasure to have. And I think we're always going to have to use that market, you know. We haven't got biggest budget. Um, at times you get injuries and problems. We've got our own youth that were obviously another story that we're looking to develop. And hopefully one of them boys, some of them boys can step up to the plate, which we're hoping next year will be, be a good opportunity for them. But we're always going to have to use the loan market. And Adam's done really well. With some real good contacts now, um, and I think that'd be a vital part of next season as well. And as long as we get the right character, I'll go back to that, and the right type of lad. I think the, the supporters, even though they're not a Concord player on their loan, as long as we get the right type and they show what they can do on the pitch, I think the fans accept them as well. And I think we have to accept yeah. that has to be part of our remit, part of our squad. Uh, we have to dive into that market at times. They didn't. You with what one of you said there that, that I think you said that they they didn't feel like lone boys when they're there. That come across to the fans as well. Every time they played, it felt like they're giving the giving it all for the shirt. Scotty High when he, his first game back was Royston. He set up both goals, didn't he? Yeah. You know, and he, he was he was buzzing at the end. It just felt like yeah, there's lone boys and they're they're there to develop themselves at higher clubs and that. But while they was with us, they loved every second. They they. They played for Concord, didn't they? He was playing for Concord. I spoke to Ben Wells's dad and brother before a game for about half an hour before a game, and and then they they said Ben. That was fun for them. Yeah, yeah, they they couldn't get away from (laughs) them. Trapped. Um, But not only did Ben Ben like it, but 
parents did and his brother liked coming and being part of it as well it's kind of the kind of family atmosphere the club kind of builds up kind of yeah definitely yeah. scotty high was the same scott scott high's mum and dad came came to every game you know and, and they loved it and he and, and scopes he touched on it earlier if, if there's a boy that you that you you see that will make it as a you know professional footballer it, it's him if he if he doesn't make it in the championship i'll be absolutely gobsmacked you know when we the first time i met him up because he was staying in the oyster was it the oyster fleet in uh on camp yeah. and he was staying on his own and i went to meet him and I, I i took him for dinner and took him for training and from the first moment i met him I, there was something about him that i really liked and you could see how professional he was and it, it, he was when the stats were because we do all the testing on the vests and stuff he was miles ahead when he scopes you on the on the vests and his work rate and i mean everything he he was brilliant wasn't he and for an 18 year old kid to make that mark in the national south you know four or five hours away from where he lived was it was unbelievable really and i really hope that he goes on and has a really good career because he thoroughly deserves it from just the moments we saw him at concord yeah, but it's also good for our boys to see them, you know, the detail they put in, the, the levels of fitness they've got, what it takes to, for them to be at the club. I think that's, we've got a lot of boys that have got ambitions of, of being full-time footballers, which is, you know, why not? I think I think most footballers do have that, and why not? And it, it can happen, you know, this current situation might might delay that maybe for some and might miss out with what's going on. But, you know, to, you see these boys come in, you see how fit they are, you see their quality their detail on what they do uh, for you as a player and to play alongside them. I think some of our boys, even though they may be a little bit younger than a couple, actually look at that and think, well, oh, it drives them on a little bit and think, well, oh, I know what it, I know what it's going to take if I want to, you know, achieve that dream and get that opportunity myself. And I think that helped with a blend of it as well. That we actually learn off them. Um, I know I did. I spoke to all the lone boys and I was constantly asking them what their training regimes were like and. Uh, what they had to do and what our sessions were like for them when they come in because we want to improve and us as management want to improve so you know they're working with some people top of their game you know in the professional industry so we could learn off them as well so I think they their time with us was good for them definitely good for them to play three-point football and men's football and then obviously we can learn off them as well and I think the club as a whole the fans enjoyed having them. Yeah if you fill your squad with young hungry players then if they do well for us, then they're going to be looked at by teams at a higher level. So it's a win-win, isn't it, really? Because they, they then they move on with our best wishes, wouldn't they? Because they've given all they can for the club as well. So I don't think anyone had any problem if, if I don't know, one or two went up a couple of levels because they've given their all as well. So you can't really argue. Yeah, something will... Yeah, something we always say as well to players that would never stand in anyone's way. If if a move come to a, a full-time football club and we felt that was the, the right move for them and it was the uh, a progressive move, you know, moving up the ladder. And uh, we say, I think people have said it before, we're driving there ourselves if we felt that was the right move for a player. You know, they got the deal that was right and, you know, good opportunities to play, which is important. Uh, financially, it was right for them and all the fits all the boxes. Uh, we wouldn't stand in their way. And that's part of the. I think that's part of the remit of Concord Rangers, and and the, I'd say that was success if we can have, a, you know, a small part in their career to try and help them move up the ladder. And as I said, we've never ever stopped someone moving up and improving at football. And 
trying to chase that dream of, of being at full-time football or a professional football and playing within the Football League. And we have to accept that. And I think most clubs in this division would have to accept that. And um, you can't hold them back. But, you know, all we ask is when they're at the football club, they give everything they've got for the football club uh, and see where that journey takes them from there. And, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully one day we have three or four more go up and, you know, brilliant in it when we watch Lyle Taylor's and Alex Woodyard's and Josh Vickers and all them boys that we've had at the football club, whether it be long periods or short periods, and they've gone on and, and been successful. We all get a bit of a buzz out of that, don't we? we all, you know, when we hear their name on the TV or we hear them interview, uh, and obviously Dan and Nick as well, as not as players, but as management, um, we get a buzz out of that. And I think we, we take a little little tip for being Concord Rangers and giving them that opportunity. I don't think you hear many of them say, I didn't really enjoy my time at Concord Rangers, which I think is something that we have to hold on to as well and try and keep um, keep going as well for every player that comes through the football club. We had it with Clifford, didn't we, when Tom, when Tom went back and he, he, he started playing for Southend. We were all buzzing for him, weren't we? The whole squad was buzzing, the club was, was buzzing for him. But but you're right, Chris, Like obviously not all the teams can win the league and get the playoffs and get good cup runs. And I've said it many times, if... You know, if the next best thing is if we can get one or two back into the full-time game, then done our jobs, haven't we? Yeah, they'd be going back full of confidence. They might have dropped out of the full-time game, like being let go at a younger age, but then they'd be going back full of confidence because they know they've had a good season or good seasons with us, haven't they? So they have more confidence in their ability. They can play at that level. Or... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think they're, you know, you, them boys are... Um, the ones chasing the dream going up, they're obviously coming up from the bottom. It's a bit different. The ones coming that have had a little nibble at it and come back down and want to have another go. It's a different sort of mindset for them, but they're all in the same boat. They're all, all at this level for, for a reason at their, this stage in their career, and we need to try and push them on. And those that have had a nibble at it may have that incentive to get back at it, may have had real disappointment, you know, which some do. It's, it's brutal football, isn't it? I think if we're honest, it's brutal at that level. And, you know, you might think, hold on a minute, I've cracked it. And then within two, three games, you could be on the on the scrap heap and falling down very fast. And it's up to us to pick them up and put an arm around their shoulder, give them the opportunity. And we've had a couple in this year that, you know, had, had goes at it, enjoyed it, you know, and they're desperate to get back at it. But they've just got to realise that maybe a little bit of time, a little bit of process, just get back to playing and, you know, playing constantly, getting lots of games under your belt. And that's important for any player. So I don't know whether you mentioned that Chelmsford are going down, the like looking at our model and looking to replicate it. Do you think the Conference South next season will be more of a, obviously this season you've had Haven't and other teams with huge budgets. Do you think next season when it does take place that it might be more of a level playing field maybe? I think it's an unknown. I think that's the part of the problem obviously with our recruitment side being totally honest we, we don't know you you make deals now are you are you over committing or you're under committing or you know it is it is difficult to to sort of work out where we're going to be at and gauge it against others i think you're always always going to have teams that find a big pot of money and throw something at it to, to move forward so i never think it'll be a total level playing field i just don't i don't think that will ever happen Let's say put some kind of cap in or uh, um, salary cap or wage cap or whatever they do. Um, I don't think that ever happens. I think you're always going to get teams that have a right go here. You've got 
teams like Dalkin buying players from Haven for mm. 20k or 40k or whatever it was um, this week. So they're obviously not holding back. They've got ambitions to move forward, which is their, their prerogative. I don't think it'll ever be a level playing field. Um, I think it might be a manager's market, if I'm honest, because I think there'll be a few players dropping down the levels. And I think EFL teams won't be able to carry squads and National League teams won't be able to carry squads of 22, 23, 24 players. Uh, they're going to have to trim their budgets a little bit and these boys are going to become available and maybe, unfortunately, fall out of the game. So, um, and lots of them will fall into the National South, National North Leagues, I think. So, you know, there could be a lot of players available um, to managers. And I think if you're smart with it and you get the right type of people, you could you could do quite well out of that one if you get your recruitment right. But I don't think it'd be a level playing field. I think there'd be lots of teams still with good sized budgets, healthy budgets that'll be pushing on, wanting to get into that national league. Um, if you want to be in that league, you need to have a good budget and be ready. You can't have a small budget now and then make it a big budget when you get there. You've got to be a football club that's prepared already on the on the right path to be in that league. Um, yeah, so I still think it'll be challenging. I think it'd be challenging for us as a football club uh, with the budget that we're probably going to have. Uh, but again, that's, that's part of the fun of it and that's part of the challenge, I think. So, uh, you know, we look forward to that and as long as we understand what Concords are out, uh, about, um, then we've got no issues with that. Yeah, Adam, you got anything more to add on that or...? No, I think he's he's covered it all. But I think he, one of the things he touched on earlier about the the, the squads being um, slightly smaller. It's funny. I actually had a conversation with um, a couple of national league teams this this week, and they said similar that they're gonna they're gonna cut cloth and and, and only go with. A, um, sorry, Scott, he's put me right off. I'm not sure what to do. He's blind there. You can't see it. Yeah, no, they're going to go with with less players in their squad, and totally understandable in these circumstances of what's happening in the world, isn't it? So it's going to be lots and lots of players um, looking for clubs and dropping down the league. So I think that'll only benefit us. Talk, uh, going back to last season, well, this this last season, this season, kind of thing. Hand on your heart, do you do either you think the FA Trophy will be played to a completion? Yes. Yes. In front of fans? Uh, my, my take on it and my honest opinion, for, for Concord Rangers, and whether you're a supporter, a player, um, and a person that loves non-league football in the Essex area, my, my opinion is that whatever it is, whether it be behind closed doors, whether it be a single leg, whether it be two legs or a neutral venue, whatever it may be, whatever squad it we can get out, whatever players we're allowed to play. I think for Concord Rangers, just my view on it, it's quite simple, just to have the opportunity to play the game. That's that's the key for me, just to give people that opportunity. So one we can say we played in a national competition semi-final. The result will be the result at the end of the day. But I think if we don't play it, then it's going to leave a real hole in the sort of heart about it, isn't it? And a real emotional sort of thing where you never know. And yeah, yeah we've done for a little. Yeah. 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 Great I always mention Hales Owen in these conversations as well, because I know yeah. we're talking about us, but, you know, don't forget they're still in the competition and we've got to play the game. But, yeah. you know, for, with two games, potentially it's two games, isn't it? So, 
we could just have both. Well, I'd be happy if we had both the semi-finals at Wembley and the final at Wembley. That 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 would do, wouldn't it? Yeah. On the same day, yeah. On the same yeah. day, yeah. Double header. <laughs> Thirty minutes each way. That's it. Yeah. But I, I, I think that you know anyone, anybody involved in football, their dream is to right, make it pro, but to get to Wembley. I mean, that is everyone's dream. And and after that quarter final night that we won probably one of the proudest moments in my life and, I, and I'm not afraid to admit it and Lou saw me I was bawling it <laughs> tears so to have that moment taken away would be devastating and for, because we are so far down and, and obviously they've they've released the dates for the FA Cup albeit they're behind closed doors it, it's two games so we could quite easily play them next year, whenever or next season, whenever that will be. In my opinion, uh, I think I think the FA Cup being played is to our benefit. Um, I can sort of use it as a platform to give any fans an update because I have got a little bit of more know than the fans will have. Obviously, the last conversation I had with the FA was that they will look to play it as long as they will leave it as long as they physically can. If not, put a deadline on the competition at all. Um, and they will look to play it with fans behind, with fans there. They, they don't want to play it behind closed doors because the FA Cup, it's obviously all TV, it's televised and stuff like that and whatever else. And the, the, FA, the FA have said that they want the competition to play. Um, they want fans there. And um, I think, they say, it will help us having the FA Cup go ahead, albeit behind closed doors, because it means they've completed one of their competitions from the season. They want to complete all three. Um, so we don't know anything yet. Um for any fans that wanted to know, we don't really know anything yet apart from there isn't a um, which is a positive, as uh, I'm sure you'd all hope is a positive to have. Um, but yeah, you, you want to recreate them the emotions, wouldn't it? Because that, that night I was with you, Adam. I, I went well, you know, and saw it because at the end when I started standing there while after with Jack Jr. Um, and I just stood there and I, was, you know, I got emotional. It, was, it, it all sort of dawned on me then, it's just like it's surreal, and like Dan said. You want the opportunity, you know. The, the carrots there, Wembley. Even if you didn't, even if you don't get there, the fact you've had a, the chance to get there, you play semi-final of a national competition. You just want it played, didn't you? That's that's the be or end all of it. And if it is behind, a, and if there is a like, percentage of capacity there, then I'm sure we'll, we'll take anything just to make sure it's played, wouldn't we? So well, the amount of the amount of fans we got, we can easily socially distance inside Wembley, can't we? So. Well, we could have a, we could have a little we could have like a, a section each, I reckon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was saying we we all, everyone wants to play like Scope you said, people in Essex. You just want you want the competition played, and you, you don't want you don't want the what if the you don't want to go. Oh, it's not been played. We could have made Wembley because when you go and play the trophy next season in the new season, you'd be like, well, it'll feel empty, wouldn't it? You'll feel empty about it. So. Hopefully, common sense will prevail, and sooner rather than later, we'll be able to get the chance to go head to head with Howe's own and get there. I think yeah. that's what I've got hope for. See those memories of those two, well, even the, the rounds before the Bath and the Maidstone and the Slough games, you don't want the memories of all, all that just to go, just be, well, worthless, really. In, yeah. You know, Was you there, Chris? I, w- I went to the home ones. I'll tell you what one he didn't go to, Drew. He didn't come to Bath away. He didn't do either of them journeys. I know that much. He didn't do Maidstone away either, did he? No, nah. he didn't do Maidstone. I don't for the river. He didn't do Slough <laughs> either. So, you know. I'll tell you what. I, just, I went to a few away games. And the one, 
I went to was Hemel away. And our so-called best goalkeeper in the world chucked one in his own net. So that was... I shouldn't go to... Oh, Chris, hang on a second. Now, if you look at all the National League websites, and that, that's up for goal of the season. So you can't <laughs> knock it. Mm-hmm. Kind of around, but he's there. But going back to the trophy, the moments like you know the bath being scoped in jury that that night, that was a that was a special night, wasn't it? When, you know, after all the all the goings on with the bath game, to go there on a Tuesday night, no one really wins at Bath. To go and do what we did, that for me, that was the moment of the competition for me. Actually, apart even even with the Royce and Leamington. That was a big moment for me. I think that was quite a big win. I don't know how you feel about yeah. it, but yeah, I think I think the whole journey. I think I think if you look at the teams we had to play and the, the story behind, obviously getting to, to to a semi-final is just a great story, isn't it? Really, I think we've had yeah. the ups and downs and two replays going to Bath and it being called off on the night and then cancelled the following Tuesday. And all I'd say and and thank you to. And I think I've maybe said it at the time, especially around the Bath game and the effort in every round that the boys put in was, was the management team that around me was was exceptional. It was, it was brilliant. You know, it was great to watch. A lot of hard work went into all their games with analysis and scouting, um, uh, looking at what we would do and setting ourselves up to you know, to win them games and dealing with the replays. But you know, thanks, every time we had a disappointment in that, whether it was a replay, we had to go to now on a Tuesday and we had to go all the way to Bath and not one of our group moaned about it you know disappointment don't get me wrong but I've been in lots of dressing rooms over years where that would have been you know broken and people would have uh, you know kicked off about that and felt really you know, a bit precious about it but our boys just dealt with it and you know management we just got on with it and it was a great great thing to watch and be part of that we just cracked on and boys didn't moan we got back on the bus from Bath and got ourselves from McDonald's and almost laughed about it and headed all the way home and it was just written in the stars almost that we'd go back there and uh, and beat them you know I felt that was the Concord way I'd seen it before with Concord teams and when these sort of things happen and it, it was written in the stars and I think that journey from the very start sort of drove us on and you know I don't think if you, as a football neutral you watch the Leamington game and the Royston game uh, you're not going to get much better games of football, I don't think. Um, for your money, um, in, whether it cup or not cup, it was you know they were eventful games. They were proper games. Two teams going at each other, hammer and tong, and you know Lemon game was just. I watched that back the other day. It was just brutal. You know it was absolute the way they played, how physical they were, a bit of experience in there, direct. Um, you know, and for us as a young group, we had to deal with that. And, Again, credit to the boys for coming through that and coming out stronger the other side. And similar with Royston, and if you look at Royston, they were division below, but I think they'd lost one, two games in 21 games coming off. So 25, coming two, two in 25. 25. People underestimated that game, didn't they? Like we yeah. Royston in the quarter final. I think they'd lost one in 20 or something before they played us. Or two. And it, you know, they they would have walked the league. Below, you know, I think they had three games in hand, they were a couple of points, and th- and they would have obviously, they probably would have finished mid-table in the in the national south in the national north with that team squad they had. So yeah, yeah, uh, you know, people were, I don't underestimate that result. That was that was a that was a tough tough game, wasn't it? I'll always remember that. I'll see. I'll, I remember waiting for the draw on after we beat um, Leamington. I got asked by a couple of people um, about. 
Oh, who do you want in the draw? Surely you want Royston last place team. I just said, I said, that's the only team I don't want. I wouldn't, I didn't want him because I, I knew the backstory of how well they'd done, and he don't, it's just, he just had it all over, didn't he? Because the whole, whole way through, in reality, we were the underdogs, um, and that was the first game that, on paper, people would look at and go, "Oh, Conklin could win that," but it would, I knew it wouldn't be like that, and that's definitely. Like I say, I'll admit that Arsenal Cup team was the only team I didn't want to play, and to get through that is brilliant. And as I say, the season was completed in the in the Southern Prem. They'd be coming up to our level, that's without doubt. So that was a big result, and yeah, well deserved as well. Yeah, great days, weren't they? Great, great evenings, great, great days. And, you know, the Royston, obviously, there's drama behind that being called off on the Saturday. You know, the effort that people put in and was gutting for us to try and get that game on on the Saturday as, you know, committee and volunteers and then for that to be called off and then come back on a Tuesday. Just just so much drama in the whole story and, and you know, it, it did maybe have a, a bit of an adverse effect on some of our league games with a bit of rotation and a bit of focus lost and lots of effort going into them games. But uh, I don't think we'd change it. I think that's, whatever happens, it'd be disappointing and we want to play that game. But I think we're always still going to remember that journey and what it involved and I think their memory will keep coming back and back um, in, in your heads and, and why you do it and yeah, the money or anything else can take that take that away from you and memory to do that with a football club that you you love and you want to be part of and you feel like you've had an input on this is, is excellent and it? so it's yeah. eventful times and you know, I just want to finish the journey and finish the stories I can release a DVD then. <laughs> <laughs> we can watch it. You can we watch it in the next? Uh, be a documentary. You can watch it in the next lockdown we have. Probably all or nothing. <laughs> be on all or nothing. That story. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's a, a good way to end. I think if uh, Dan or Adam, you got anything else to add or? No, but uh, just if anyone's at a loose end and. Uh, board it's worth popping over the club to see what the chairman and, and the committee are doing over there it looks fantastic we went over there on thursday and uh and, and looked very proud of his new sprinkler system i must say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have a good pitch next day i was over there um the start of this morning well late morning this afternoon and there's already grass growing through and I, anyone who wants to go have a look it'll uh it's worth having a look because when you go back for the season, it will look a really, really smart ground next season. And uh, fair play to Ant and everyone else in the hard work that's going into it. It's worth a look because, yeah, you're going to have something good next year um, for next season, I should say. Definitely. Um, and it's not going unnoticed either, even with the players that we're talking to, that, you know, they keep mentioning that they can see the off-the-field works going on and it, it's a, it's another plus and another selling point. So it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for me to finish off, I... I just want to say, you know, I think we can finish the season off. I think the trophy's still to play and that'd be part of next season. I think we have to admit that now and we have to accept that. But for me, I, I just want to say thank you to obviously all the players that were with us, all my management team. They were outstanding from day one. Real good effort. Uh, all the volunteers at the football club, people like you, Lewis, obviously as a volunteer secretary, the work you do off behind the scenes is amazing. You know, we couldn't have a, you know, we wouldn't have a football team, I think, Credit to you this year. We've gone through the old season with limited number of fines and no reductions. <laughs> and so you've no done your job really well. People like Chris doing the podcast and, and always there to support, and Alan doing the program, and Jack Junior doing his reports. And I just think everybody 
the youth section, you know, all them to see all them boys from our, you know, our football club wearing their Concord jumpers and shirts and 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 coats, you know, in them cup games, even in the league games was was amazing. So for me as a as a Concord person, I just wanted to say thank you and I just hope you can all be ready and we'll give you a team next year, whatever whatever happens, whenever it happens, we'll give you a team that you're gonna be proud of and you're gonna to wanna to come and support and it's an open house for us and I say this to Adam all along and I work we'll welcome anybody along, come be part of it. Anyone wants to come watch training, anyone wants to have a chat with myself or Adam, wants to get involved, whether it be scouting, watching opposition, whether it would just be coming and helping out and you know, it's an open open house and we want everyone to feel part of one football club and I might be the manager and and might be the chairman, but I think I speak for Ant as well that you know it's a big family club, it's a big big football club, um, it's a small football club, sorry, with a big heart, and we want everybody to come and enjoy it. So don't be afraid to come over, and we can help you in any way, especially in these difficult times. Where people are stuck indoors, and you know worries and stuff like that. And where my phone's always on, and Adams would be as well. And come over to the club, come and have a look, and I'll meet you over there if you want to have a chat and talk about stuff and it's, it's an open house for me and I think that's important that we carry on that as a as a Concord Rangers family if we can. Excellent. Well said. Well said, yeah. Well, yeah, well, done, well done, Lou, for sticking up, putting up with me, mate. No, you put up with me. You put up with, it's been good. It's been enjoyable. I can't wait for it to start again, mate. I can't wait for the new lot to come through, so we'll see oh, what happens. All right. Cheers, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, no always. pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers, Thank pleasure. You. Thanks for listening. Cheers.